All right, and here we are again with another edition of Fired Up with Jake and John. I'm WTOP reporter John Doman. And I'm WTOP afternoon editor Mike Jakaitis. You are known as Jake. Yep. Jake in this show, that's what everybody here in the newsroom calls you. And so you, you hear Mike Jakaitis on the radio, but nobody but calls you that. No one calls me that. It's Jake. My wife calls me other things from time to time, but yeah, Jake. And certainly if you get a phone call and somebody asks for Mike Jakaitis, then typically you know you might not want to be talking to them to begin with. Oh, you know what's funny with new staffers? They're like, Mike Jakaitis, you're looking for a mic? Oh, that's me. Hi. Uh, I'll extend my hand. Yeah. Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's one of, the, one of the learning lessons you get around here, I guess. Yeah. This week, we want to sort of talk about just the different ways to go about grilling and, and smoking, smoking in particular, but you can use your grill to smoke if you need to. One thing, again, we're going to hammer this probably all summer long. There is no right or wrong way. There's whether you're cooking, how you're cooking, what you're cooking, there's always a different way that you can do something and make it come out. Yeah, well. yeah, like they say, there's several ways to skin a cat. And excuse me, cat lovers, sorry. <laughs> I'm not one of those, so it's okay. <laughs> one of the beautiful things about this is you don't always have to have the same type of machinery. Now, right now, I think you and I both have sort of the same electric smoker. Right. But I've used a few different smokers over time, and I separately have a, a smoker box attached to my charcoal grill as well. Well, yeah, actually, yeah, what happened, before I, I had my smoker, I would take a smoker box and put it on my gas grill to get a little bit of smoke flavor when I would do ribs or if I wanted to do any kind of like pork product, even fish. There's a lot of different ways to go about it. You don't even need a smoker box on a grill. I mean, you can just sort of use the actual grill and just kind of don't put the food right over it directly. I've, I've used uh, just a, a little, almost like a little missile rocket looking thing before. It was 50 bucks. I threw some charcoal and some wood chunks in there from Home Depot. There were some pros and cons to it. The con being that keeping the temperature at the right spot yeah, temperature can be difficult. Yeah, that, yeah, regulating the temperature can be a real, real pain in the butt. But it's, yeah, If you're not an Eagle Scout, that's going to be one of the <laughs> exactly. things. One of the things you're going to find when you're getting into smoking is trying to, to regulate the fire and, and all that can be a lot more difficult than you might imagine. So that's why I think electric smokers are so popular, whether it's the wood pellet ones or or just, you know, the ones that you plug in like the like you and I have. And also the convenience. I mean, like you say when you have a different type of smoker with charcoal, you like you say regulating the temperature can be a pain in the butt, but you can with an electric smoker, you can set it and forget it. Get, go back inside, watch the game. And I've certainly done a lot of that over the years. <laughs> I've tried the charcoal one. I've gotten better with it. I enjoy it sometimes, but it sort of depends what you're trying to do, how long you need to smoke it for. We talked yeah. with Stephen Reichlin. He's the author of the book Project Smoke, Project Fire, and I think the new one is How to Grill Veggies. Oh, yeah. And if you haven't done grilled veggies or smoked veggies, I mean, it's it's awesome. It's better than sauteing them in a pan. Oh, definitely. No, grilling a, a, a good grilled green bean is probably my favorite veggie to eat. So he's got a lot of different books out. He's, he's got a TV show on PBS every weekend that you can watch as well. Just a super nice guy. He's based out in Colorado, so we talked to him on Zoom. But one of the things we had to ask him was just all about the different ways, because Lord knows, he knows all the different ways to, to smoke something, not just with different heat sources between electric, wood, and that sort of thing, but also the different styles you might get, whether it's North American barbecue uh, which which has obviously a lot of different distinctive ways, but also he's gone all over the world to study this kind of stuff. Yeah, and he gave us so so many good tips as far as not only vegetables, as far as your meat, 
I mean, he he was a plethora of information, and I I, I took notes during during the interview. Yeah, and like I said, he's got a lot of cookbooks out. His Project Smoke cookbook I've had uh, almost since I started doing this on a regular basis, and I still go to it a lot for different ideas. And sometimes I think, you know, is he going to have something about this particular cut of meat that I, I've never messed with before? And sure enough, it's going to be in there. So he knows. I'm not going to say he knows everything. He knows a lot, and he can be very helpful. And he was very helpful for us talking about just the different ways that you can buy a smoker and start smoking your food on a regular basis. Here's what Stephen had to say. Obviously, the first thing you need to do is a grill. So, uh, you know, that there is an enormous number of choices of grills now. Uh, you have to decide if you're a charcoal person, you know, and if you enjoy the process of uh, building a fire, attending a fire, vaulting foods through hot spots, to cold spots and back. Uh, charcoal is the way to go. If you're more... Uh, a uh, convenience-oriented person, you like uh, turn-of-the-knob heat control, push-button ignition, that would point you to gas. Uh, if you really love the flavor of smoked foods, you might consider a pellet grill or a uh, uh, an offset smoker or water smoker. Um, if you uh, like the kind of love the kind of campfire smoke flavor, uh, you might consider a wood-burning grill like a kudu. Lots of possibilities. Of course, I advocate multiple grill ownership, right? So gas grill for, for weeknights when you're in a hurry. Uh, some of the uh, charcoal and wood burners for the weekends when you have a little more time. Yeah, I've been trying to get my wife to come around on that. Um, right now I have two. You know, I want to get a third, but... Uh... Well, let me tell you, we have a rule at the Reichland household that's uh, called the rule of shoe. And it says for every uh, three pairs of shoes, new shoes my wife buys... I get to buy a new grill. So, oh, I like that. I like so that. you might try applying that to your house. Okay. I like yeah, that. no, I've, I've got a couple different ways. You know, as, as you've advocated, I sort of followed along with that. What are some of the pros and cons? You mentioned the different, I guess, flavorings and the different styles. If you're new at this or, you know, just don't have a lot of time to invest in it, is there one particular way that's better than the other? Well, you know, in terms of um, versatility, I think something like a Weber kettle grill is incredibly versatile. You can direct grill on it. You can indirect grill on it. You can smoke on it. It's got a rotisserie attachment. You can do caveman grilling. So, you know, that's a good option. But man, you can do, uh, you know, even with a gas grill, you know, you can spit roast, you can direct grill, you can indirect grill. If I had to pick one grill for the for a desert island, it would uh, be a charcoal grill. And again, that was Stephen Reichlin, the right. host of Project Smoke. So are you charcoal or gas if you had to pick one? Are, are we talking a grill or a smoker? Grill. No, grill. For a grill? Well, I have one that does both. I have I have one giant grill. It's probably six feet long where it's – there's one for a gas grill when I just need to throw something out there real quick. You know, it's you know dinner time on, on a weeknight. My wife's coming home from work. I'm, I'm sitting around. I'm going to throw some burgers out there. I have that. When I want to put a little bit more forethought into it, I do have the charcoal. There is a very distinct flavor from charcoal that gas doesn't have. There are pros and cons to it, but it's, you know, I've done that plenty of times too. And I've got the mm -hmm. smoker box attached to that charcoal grill as well. So I'm not going to really quibble. I just, I want the fire. I want the heat. See, I I like the flavor of charcoal, but I'm lazy. I like the convenience of gas. I mean, it's so easy. You just, you know, ignite it, fire it up. There you go. It, it is by far more convenient than charcoal, uh, but there is that flavor that comes with charcoal and, and, and throwing some wood chips or wood chunks into it. 
it's good to uh, to uh, mix it up. Is probably yeah. the best way to put it. Yeah, but you also need to dispose of the ashes, and um, you don't do it properly. You could have a little fire. <laughs> yeah, the, the fire department. You don't want visiting your house, but you know you let it sit for a couple of days, and then you just throw the ashes in your garden. That's good for all the uh, the veggies that you're trying to grow and cook with later on in the summer. <laughs> One time, I had all these ashes, and I put it in the trash can, thinking I was so smug, thinking, "Oh, well, see." Doing it the right, the nice, safe way. You know, all these idiots burn their, uh, they burn their decks down or the house down. Well, about 10 minutes later, my wife says, hey, you got a flare-up. I'm like, no, everything's done. Um, the garbage can was on fire because I, I thought it was an aluminum. <laughs> an aluminum garbage can. It was plastic. I don't know I, how you make that mistake. I, I was an idiot, okay, because I, I looked at it because I thought it was like some kind of metal, okay, but it was plastic. Because, you know, it's one of those things we just step on. And, yeah, I know. Look, again, I am not the handy one, okay, in the house. I make these mistakes. And uh, my wife was very happy with me that day. I can imagine. <laughs> we're we're going to leave that conversation right there and go into Rob Sonderman. He is the pit master at Federalist Pig. He's got locations in Adams Morgan, also in Hyattsville now. And that's where I got to talk to him. I was on the Fedmobile in Hyattsville, right along Route 1, where they're working on building a brick-and-mortar restaurant. Federalist Pig is, that's a place that packs a lot of flavor. And Rob's got a lot of experience. Again, he you know he's worked in a lot of restaurants, but he got into this sort of the same way you and I did, just trying to cook better at home first and sort of falling in love with the process. And so I talked to him about the different ways to, to sort of get into smoking. As yeah, well, I different- miss that one because I, you know, the... Uh- I was chained to the desk, the producer's desk, working on Afternoon Drive that day. So, unfortunately, I could not make this one, but you told me about it. So, uh, I'm sure he had some good tips. Rob had some great things to say, and and so I asked him about getting into smoking, what you need to know about the different types of grills and smokers you can use. And then also, we do cover some of the the mistakes and some advice he has that you're going to hear more of again as, as this series goes on this summer. So, here's what Rob Sonderman, the pit master at Federalist Pig, had to say. The art about the thing is sort of tending of the fire. So if I was to go from a Weber that I use now, I would probably get a offset smoker again, just because that's like what I enjoy. But the green eggs or the Komodo style cookers, the ones that I've used before are really great. You know, they hold temperature really well. Like a couple of pounds of charcoal can last you all day. My father-in-law also had one of those and we cooked uh, a prime rib on there one one year for Christmas and it came out absolutely amazing. You know, you sort of just dial in the valves and, you know, it does exactly what you want. Those things work great. The pellet smokers, I think, do a pretty good job as well. Um, I haven't used the Traeger brand. I can't remember what brand I've used of the pellet smokers, but for someone that just wants to turn a knob to 225 and load the hopper with some you know, a, a different mix of whatever wood pellets they want to use and come back in a few hours and check on your ribs and hopefully they're done or maybe they need a little bit more time, but you don't have to sit there every 20 minutes putting a log of wood or putting some more charcoal in. Those are great options, I think, and produce really great barbecue. When, when you're talking to somebody that's kind of getting into this, you've taught some classes to, to people that are beginners, you know, very much on the amateur side of things. What are some of the things you stress to them uh, that are <clears throat> most important? So... Obviously, like fire management, if you want to go down that route and not, you know, use a pellet smoker or an electric smoker. It's hard. Yeah, fire management is kind of your biggest thing. You know, getting a charcoal chimney so you can have like hot charcoal to add to the fire. 
um, is a really big thing. And, you know, for me, especially with like smaller cookers, using a mixture of charcoal and wood really helps to keep a fire steady without like over smoking your food. I think it's really easy to get to a point where you, you know, have barbecue where you're burping up smoke for the next two days. Um, and you really don't want that. You want to like taste the smoke, but it shouldn't like punch you in the face. So finding that balance where it's just like a waft of kind of a light pale smoke coming out and not just like billowing smoke coming out of the top of your chimney. So fire management is a big thing. Getting a charcoal chimney if you uh, want to use, uh, you know, actually tin the fire. Otherwise, you know, there's nothing wrong with being the guy that has, the, has a nice pellet smoker or gets one of those Komodo style cookers because those are super versatile too. Um, another thing that I think people um, mess up on is not having enough like salt in their dry rub. I think salt makes like a huge difference. Obviously there's a balance between too much and not enough, but you know, if you look at someone like Aaron Franklin, all they're putting on their meat is salt and pepper. And I like to do a lot more than that, you know, some brown sugar, some chili powder, some garlic powder, but having enough salt is definitely important, I feel like, and I feel like a lot of people kind of miss out on what everything, like the absolute potential of their food by not having enough salt. And then putting like sauce on stuff a little too early and then the sauce burns up or the meat burns up, I think is another mistake that I know my dad used to make a lot, which is why I started cooking barbecue when I was 14. <laughs> And so, again, because this episode is all about sort of getting started with all of this, we're going to segue from Rob Sonderman and go really right down the street to 250 Barbecue, just down the road from him in Riverdale, I think just a few blocks away, really. Fernando Gonzalez, he is the owner there. He's the guy that started it up. You heard him last week in our debut podcast episode talking about how he got started. As a backyard guy himself, he admits there's been a lot of trial and error, just like you and I do, just just like pretty much all of us, even the experts. Let's be honest. The experts have all made tons of mistakes, some of them really bad. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, I'm still making mistakes, but, you know, it's part of the fun. It's part of learning. You know, and when we were talking to Fernando, we did the interview right by his pits. And then when, I mean, the, the smell was just incredible. It was hard to focus, and the conversation was very scattershot, but we did get yes, to ask was. him about... <laughs> We did get to ask him about just sort of the some of the mistakes people can make when you're getting started, uh, the mistakes you don't want to make, how to avoid some of those things. And uh, so so here's Fernando Gonzalez, 250 Barbecue in Riverdale, talking about some of the mistakes you can try to avoid. If you make the mistake, you know, don't worry, you won't it won't be the first time that's ever happened before, most likely. One of my rookie mistakes was targeting a temperature all the time. Like you watch this video or you read this book and it's telling you you need to cook briskets hot until 195, 201, 203, 205. When there's really no direct time, there's really no direct relation between the time and, and, and the temperature you cook in a brisket, for example, or a pork bot. You know, you just cook until it's done, and it's done when it's done. You just watching up the fire, keep going, keep cooking it. And if you are kind of connecting to the meat enough, you'll be able to determine when it's ready. And the meat kind of will tell you when it's ready. All right, yeah, and so for me, that's one of the biggest things I've learned in just talking to some of the guys we've talked to this year is that 
you know, you, you think you go into this, everything's going to take, you know, roughly the same amount of time, whether you have a, a nine or a 10 pound piece of pulled pork or whatever, that it's going to take this, this long, you know, and not just Fernando, but Myron said the same thing. It's done what it's done. Right. Yeah. And recently I had to make a pork butt for a group of people. So uh, just give myself some extra time because the worst thing that can happen is that people are ready to eat. You know your meat is not anywhere close to being done. So the biggest thing is you need to plan and give yourself enough time to make sure your meat is ready. You can have like an outline of when your food's going to be done, but you know, like Myron and Fernando said, it's ready when it's ready. That's right. And sometimes it's not going to be ready when you want it to be. So like you said, plan ahead. Uh, we will get into the stall in a future episode. That's what it's called, the stall, when the meat just sort of almost stops cooking. It can be oh, really yes. frustrating yeah. because if oh. you're working on a timeline, it can screw everything up. Oh, yeah. And then we cook with thermometers. And when you hit that stall, you're thinking, is my thermometer broken? You keep you're checking just looking it. at it yeah. over and over again. Yes. Come on, come on. Yeah. You, you were going so well. You're stuck at 160 forever. It's very frustrating. So yes. that's something we're getting into as well, just sort of the – the science behind it, why it happens, and and how you can avoid it. There and, are tips for getting past yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a good way to accelerate the stall, but you may have to sacrifice something. So we'll get into all of that later. Let's uh, wrap up this show this week. Last week, you talked about just writing stuff down and some of the tips you've learned about cooking with ribs. This week, I'm going to offer something else for, for wings because a nice smoked wing is absolutely delicious. And there's a lot of ways you can do it. You can do it barbecue style, but you know, with a a dry rub or seasoned whatever. As a Maryland guy, I'm going to throw something different at you. Try try your wings smoked with Old Bay. Everybody loves an Old Bay wing around here. Smoke oh, yeah. it in Old Bay, and when you pull them out of the smoker, you throw it in the air fryer. When you're done with the air fryer, hit it with some honey. Hit that it with some a, honey. That was a tip you gave me, and uh, oh my goodness, it's a game changer. And then my wife, she doesn't like a lot of smoky flavor, so when I hit hit it with a little honey, oh yes, it's money. She loves it. A little mix of Old Bay and honey. You get the sweet, you get the salty. You're going to have a lot of happy faces uh, if, if you're oh. willing to share those wings. And, and look, if you don't want to share those wings, I won't blame you because I usually oh, try yes. not to either. Absolutely. For my tip of the week, once you're starting off, when it comes to figuring out what do you want to smoke, and I still do this, I buy what's on sale. If you make a mistake with a $12 pork butt, it's better than making a mistake with a $70 brisket. Yeah, I'm a big fan of looking what's on sale and yeah. kind of planning my menu accordingly. And we do that too. You know, we have each other's back. Hey, you know, they have this uh, this pork butt's on sale at this grocery store. Or hey, you see ribs? Buy one, get one. Watch the grocery ads. And hey, if you have any tips, you know, any suggestions, things that you like to do that might be a little different, might be a little unique, I'd love to hear it. I'll share yeah. some of the good secrets on on the radio here with everybody. A- absolutely, absolutely, because we're all about learning here. I mean, recently. I was on uh, social media, saw a recipe for ribs with uh, apple butter. Came out great. I can attest to that. You were kind (laughs) enough to share some of those. That's what we have here for this week. Next week, we talked a little bit more with Rob Sonderman of the Federalist Pig about how to do this if you are in an apartment. When you're in an apartment, odds are you you might have access to the grill on your rooftop depending on where you are, but in a lot of places are not that fancy. You're going to be stuck trying to figure out with no yard and, and just those crappy yeah. like metal oh, grates yeah. outside. You and don't want to do that. And those things are disgusting. I mean, right. they haven't been cleaned since uh, the Reagan administration. Not in many cases, no. <laughs> so we talked to him about how you can still smoke something or at least get that 
authentic smoke flavor even when you're inside and can't do it. And, and I guess it would apply also if you don't want to smoke outside, if, if you want to do it on a rainy day. Yeah. There are little cheat codes, little ways to work around it. We talked yeah. with him about it. He has some really good suggestions. So that's where we're going to go for next week. For this week, this is Fired Up with Jake and John. Happy smoking.